Hello, welcome to Utah Beer. Stephen Chicken here, joined down the line by David Hartrick. How are you doing, Dave? Uh, I'm good, mate. How are you? I mean, not so great after that result on Tuesday night, unfortunately. Derby County 2, Huddersfield Town 0. Now, we did intend, as usual, to record on, on a Monday and talk about that 4-1 win over Swansea. It's probably just as well that you had that power cut, Dave, because I think everything that, that we would have said about that game, we're now, we would now be scrabbling to unsay after that, uh, that Derby defeat. Well, I... Yes and no, really. I, I'm glad we didn't record upon on Monday because I think my position, I mean, I would have just come across as a right grump because I wasn't, as you know, I wasn't as impressed by that performance. I thought it was a fantastic result, um, but I thought it was not a very good first half from town. And then they had, for the first 20 minutes of the second half, just ev- everything went for them for the first time this season. Every bounce, every ricochet, every bubble, every decision, and they capitalised, and as I said, brilliant result, great result, great for morale, etc. But I wasn't, I wasn't blown away. I didn't think it was a four-one performance, and I thought a lot of the, a lot of the same problems were evident. And they've got a real problem first halves, starting well, doing okay, and then it's, it's like there's an arbitrary point where they just decide to start retreating, and it's exactly what happened against Swansea, and they got. The free kick just before half time, and you know, it, me and you at half time, we were thinking it was going to go one way, and it went the other, which was absolutely brilliant. But I just thought it was a really weird game more than anything else, um, and sometimes that happens. But what we were excited about was that's a massive shot in the arm. They should be able to take something into Tuesday night against Derby, and I think we both felt or hoped, I should say, that there was going to be a bounce off the back of that, and there wasn't. <laughs> no, not at all. It was it was back to as you were, as though Swansea was just a dream that we all just had, and you almost had to go back and, and Google the result just to make sure it did actually happen. It was not good at all. I can confirm that Dave is not just being wise after the fact on, fact on Swansea, by the way. That was uh, the conversation we had on Saturday afternoon. Dave said exactly what he's, he's just said. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it was fair for town fans to get a bit excited and get a bit giddy mm. and and try and see the positives after a result like that. Because well, we you know, we were trying as well. We were trying yeah. as oh, well. Yeah. We were, you know, the podcast on Monday would have been me being a bit grumpy, but getting excited about the fact they've finally got something to to cling to and take forward and get on the front foot against Derby. And yeah, we we now know how that went. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. You talk about the the retreating, and I looked at the stats for this for the fire conclusions which I've at time of recording just published and since the turn of the new year talking about league games here um, they've scored three goals in the opening 15 minutes of games they're, they're really good they're one of the best in the division I think only Watford are better in the first 15 minutes of games over the, the for scoring goals over the whole season so they've scored three goals in the opening 15 minutes of games since the turn of the new year but then the rest of the first half they've only got another three three of the five second half goals they scored in 2021 were against Swansea <laughs> and they've not scored in the final 15 minutes of a game since Naby Sarr against Blackburn on the 29th of December which was a set piece and the only other goal they scored in the last 30 minutes since the 28th of November was also a Sarr set piece um, it was against Lute earlier this month mm. so they are starting the games really well uh, for 15 minutes or so and as we saw against Swansea sometimes they're okay after the break as well but the general trend is that they just seem to run out of ideas they seem it's it's as though they're coming into games with a with a bunch of ideas trying them all in the first 10 or 15 minutes and then going right well that's us spent now like we haven't got anything else what we, what we're going to do for the next 75 minutes and yeah. I mean never more so than in that that derby game that that Campbell shot after 11 minutes was the only shot they had on target and I think they only had four more shots the whole of the rest of the game and yeah. you know it, it's so frustrating because this is 
again, it, this is the kind of opposition we. It's not as though we didn't know that Derby were going to do well. It's not as though we didn't know what Derby were going to do. And I don't blame Carlos Gorbran at all for starting with the similar system and as close to the starting lineup as he could get, um, bar Jonathan Hogg's injury to to the team that started against Swansea. I don't, you know, after you've won four one, then why not stick with that winning system? But it was so apparent once again going into the break that things needed changing and. The, the funny thing is it was Wayne Rooney after the game who was putting his hands up saying I got it wrong in the first half and had to change it for the second um, yeah uh, yeah. well I I think Rooney I, I don't really know why he's saying that because I think tactically he got it more or less spot on which was that he didn't press Town's back line at all uh, at no point I mean the only time a striker went to a defender is if they managed to get as high as the halfway line they dropped in and created that low block, which meant that the the only out balls were you know risky balls into any space there was, but it was heavily congested and you you basically got a very high turnover of possession. There was one first half where Keo just ended up hitting it into space, and there was just just no one there. Just went straight through to the goalkeeper, and then the other problems were just simple basic things so like i'm gonna i'm gonna get into it and i'm gonna try not to get too ranty here steve but where town frustrate me is derby's first chance of the game is they win a throw in and it's a it's a very simple one two on the throw in and it gets the winger in behind row and when i say it's simple one two it's literally throw touch inside row back to the person who's throwing it and he's in acres of space and he hits a deep cross in and town have got five in the box so they've got the numbers but shinny wins the initial header and he's he jumps between dehaney and pippa who don't jump they don't challenge him at all and then the ball goes back to uh colin kazim richards brighton legend we bought him when we won a competition run by coca-cola genuinely um and he heads it over but just behind him he's got lee gregory in a slightly better position completely unmarked kazim richards makes the header he's completely unchallenged unmarked heads it over but also in the corner of the box they've got somebody completely unmarked so if he'd have heard the call and nodded it back there was a man there completely unmarked right so they've had a bit of a they've had a bit of a warning sign and you think well they know they're going to have trouble here in in organization in the box the first goal comes from they get themselves in good shape on the corner i sent you the screenshot and they're, they're in a they're in a good shape half a second later they are all over the place it's chaos and it's really uh, Saar hooks it off the line and Matt Clark wins the initial header after that and again he's completely unchallenged but he can't direct it back into the six yard box so Taylor sort of already had a bit of a let off at that point Campbell fluffs his clearance and I'm not too sure what he was trying to do I don't know whether he was trying do you think he was trying to clear it up the line there or was he trying to knock it round the player and run onto it literally no idea I think I don't think he can be trying to put it up the line because it's I mean he gets if he is he gets he doesn't get his foot through it at all you know you you'd think that if that was what he was trying to do it's not like he took a big swing and just missed the ball like he he actually touches it into the feet of uh of of burn isn't it? it's nathan burn yeah i don't know what he's trying to do and when i say before that it was chaos in the box when i tell you that at one point there were three town players behind schofield who was on his line that tells you the sort of the, the sort of level of panic that's just happened so they've got a chance to reset campbell makes some mistake but they've still got a chance to reset the ball comes in and it's a it's a decent cross it's a cross actually uh, we don't see many town players make which is that sort of low flat arc fizzed across and Edmondson there's all those markers in the town box and he just there's no one anyone near him and he just makes a straight run in between Saar who gets caught in no man's land and O'Brien who again I sent you the screenshot he just gets caught completely square on a cross completely square so Mm. he can't react and he nods in the first goal and you think well all right there's still time in this game they've not started too badly but they've got a they've got to learn from that a few minutes later free kick on the touchline um i can't remember who it is over the ball for derby keo and Sar go with the the same runner edmondson just peels off to the back post who's just scored with a header he wins the header unchallenged neither of his marks i think it was 
I think it was Dehaney and O'Brien have gone with him. Challenge or jump for the ball. And you think, what's what's gone on there? Because that's now... You've literally just watched him score. A few minutes after that, they get a free kick in exactly the same position and Town set up exactly the same way and Derby play exactly the same ball and Edmondson makes exactly the same run and he gets a free header again at the back post. And he just can't... He can't get onto it enough to direct it goalwards. But you think, what what is happening here? Because like tactically you can you can set up one way and you can drill on various things but you've got to you've got to learn on on the pitch you've got to you've got to react and you've got a goal scorer there who's just had two more free headers literally in the space of 10 minutes from the same position and nobody's sniffing danger nobody nobody's dealing with it and it's that sort of stuff to me before we sort of talk about the second goal and what have you is just it's really worrying it's really really worrying that you've got opposition players winning headers unchallenged in your box that is to to me that it's not just defensive disorganization that that points to the fact that people just really that it's panic basically because what they don't want to challenge for it and lose it so they're basically playing the percentage well i'm going to let them have it here and then try and win the second ball and it's 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 not great that that sort of level because these are the things that add up and cost you these are the things that our position analysis to looking at you know anybody who looked at that last night will now be targeting getting a ball across to that back post and working on getting strikers to come across that six yard box and time their runs right or getting whoever's at that back post going for that header and when you've got a team like Preston coming up they they live for that stuff followed by <laughs> followed by Ita Karanka's Birmingham and Mick McCarthy's Cardiff yeah and the other thing I should say the reason I mentioned on that first chance the fact that there was a lad on the corner of the box completely unmarked was that for the goal and for those two other three kicks there was somebody stood in that exact position and every time they were completely unmarked so if the ball ends up with them or goes into that area they're ready and that again that's not coincidence you've spotted it yourself Steve Mm -hmm. the problem they have defending the corners of the box and yeah they they've they've got to get better than that they really have to get better than that quickly because one of the things you were planning to talk about after the Swansea game was actually they set up really well for their set mm. pieces and defended them a lot better. Yeah, they did. So, I, I was. I, you could see that they were they'd been drilled a bit more on it, um, and then it just just all. I mean, again, like I, I don't like using the word chaos because it it sounds just you know it sounds absolutely disastrous. But what I mean when I say chaos is it it's like a sort of collective not knowing where they should be, and then you throw in an ounce of panic on top of that and this is the problem with town at the moment is that everything feels feels like it's done from a position of anxiety from a mm. from a, and the really worrying aspect of that is they're coming off the back of a 4-1 win yeah they they it shouldn't be like that they shouldn't well, they shouldn't sort of collapse inwards on themselves like a dying star like that, you know <laughs> that's the thing that they're it was just a complete regression, a total regression, and not for the first time this season. And I think the thing that that sort of, and it almost by by doing it was a kind of a reminder of of what they'd lost. Was straight after the first half, it was evident. Carlos Corbran had given him a rocket at halftime and said, "You're not getting." F- far enough forward you need to go for it we need to attack and we need to get bodies in the final third Aaron Rowe and and Pippa go herring up down the wings to get as close to the byline as the offside rule will allow and Tomiko Dehaney and Nabi Star Nabi Star Nabi Star start coming in uh, into the final third on the ball and I'm thinking oh we're not seeing that for a while because you think about you know I mentioned to you Richard Stearman got that assist against Swansea didn't he in the first half of the season Um, need to stop talking about Swansea at some point but First half of the season, you know, that was almost a characteristic thing about town was that the centre-backs did get forward and did get into the opposition third. And we saw Stearman got the assist for Karoma's goal at Swansea. And that was kind of a a sort of a trademark thing of towns and was starting to or at least was starting to become one and you know you you always used to say it's the it's the same things but a bit quicker mm. now it's not even a bit quicker you know they're no. just they seem to have just gone backwards from where they were in the first half of the season and i know they've had injuries but 
that doesn't account for it as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's not like this is this he hasn't been working with Carlos Corbin hasn't been working with this squad all season. I don't understand how they've gone so far backwards and stopped doing the things that was doing so well for them in the first half of the season or why they would mm. stop doing those things. They it's not all on the manager either. I think one or two of the players need to really they really need to sort of look at themselves. They silly little things like after that first goal goes in, there's only Keo that goes mad. Everybody else is just sort of throws their hands in the air and just starts trudging back to the halfway line. I'm not asking for them to do a major investigation and to have people screaming at each other, but you you've got to you've got to feel it a bit more than that. And the shot from the halfway line in the second half you know where Backer gets caught um, I forget who it was for Derby who came in and nipped the ball off him and everybody goes oh that's that's typical Bakuna who didn't have a good night but there were three players around him and not one of them has shouted man on you know not one of them has told him he's completely unaware of the danger and again it's like simple stuff you know simple stuff You, it, it's got to be sharper than that it's got to be better and they're just they're just so you know, all, all any edge they had has just gone, and Jonathan Hogg has become so integral that it, it's actually gone all the way back round to being a bit worrying because we've all we know how important he is to this side and what a bellwether he is. I maintain he's Town's Player of the Season by a, a long, long way. But like last night when Derby stepped off. Hogg is now really, really good. We've talked about his body position and how they've changed it. So he takes the ball on the half turn. And the difference is, by doing that, by dropping that, he's bringing the press on and he's creating that first area of space just behind to try and get things moving, to try and get things going. And you're not telling me there's nobody else in that squad can do that. It's... This is the thing, it's not just his presence in terms of driving people and attitude and application. There are the the actual footballing things that he does brilliantly well. They've got to find a way to to replace him when he's not there because spoilers for the 2021-22 season, he won't be ever present. You know, at his age, we know he's got the persistent problem on his his hip and his pelvis. He will miss games at some point and you can't just sort of not be able to do the things that you know you've you've been good at before the things that even when results haven't been bad there's been aspects of the game you've been able to say well they did that all right you can't have one person who's so pivotal to that whole plan it's just it's mad really yeah i think definitely they missed him i think i mean i asked Carlos Corbrand why they're so listless against teams that that play that deep block um and he he essentially said they're making the wrong decisions at the wrong times i think that there's something in that because as we wrote in the conclusions <laughs> there was that seven minute spell against swansea towards the end of the first half where they desperately just needed to get on the ball and and keep the ball and keep things tight and you know just see the half out and instead they started rushing everything and got sloppy and invited the pressure and then against derby when they need to put pressure on and and take risks and be a bit you know try and be a bit inventive they're putting the foot on the ball and keeping it tight and keeping it nice and tidy Mm. and it's like just doing all the wrong things at all the wrong times you know and they've shown that they can do those things and this is the thing it doesn't exist in a in a vacuum and you've said yourself dave many times to me that town is still too reliant on the opposition and what the opposition are going to do you know that the whole point of hiring carlos gorbrand was we play on the front foot we give the opposition problems they have to react to us but town's results and town how town do is all now about what the opposition do and not at all about what town do um because because it's so easy to to sort of trick them into thinking they're in control and they're not (laughs) is is effectively the issue um this it's so many straight lines and flat passes and you've got to you've you've got to change the angle sometime you've got to ask different questions because you can't just get beaten by organization that's that's it's it's not it's not enough you know you've got to you've got to have more ways to hurt people there will be people listening to this who go yeah but if we had a fully fit squad and we played our best 11 it may be different it may but you've not had a fully fit squad all season which in and of itself 
is an issue. It's and then you they get, can they can I mean, do we more. We've talked about the second goal yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. They could, just before we do. I mean that's the thing, isn't it? They can do more with what they've got available. And I know that the Josh yeah. Gromer injury is is massive. I know Christopher Schindler, his influence is massive because he brings that character and drives the standards in that that particular way. Um, you know, no one's pretending that those aren't major factors, but they can still do better with what they've got. You know, they should have done better mm. than. What is that now? That just, is it just beat five Swansea four one. Yeah, it's five points in they've ten games. They just beat games. Swansea four one with what they've got. It's it's you know this is this is the issue, and it's the the second goal is sort of a, a, a little bit. It's all the chickens coming home to roost. Town getting caught completely flat, completely square. One ball takes out like the entirety of the back line and the midfield. It's a they. It's a turnover of possession anyway. A very slow striker wins a foot race against Keo. <laughs> it it's just like a whole sort of it's like five seconds of all their issues in one. And like Dehaney gets caught trying to get back, desperately get back, because I saw someone criticise him and his position. There's nothing he can do about that there because it comes down the other side and you've got to expect Keo to do something there. Saar is caught, you know, he's 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 basically he's past the midfield. He's almost in the position of a ten when the ball actually gets played. And it's it's just as I said, it's just like a snapshot of, of all their issues. Bakuna the doesn't track back, does he? Bakuna sees no, Michael and go and doesn't doesn't And, and Bakuna it was it was it was let's be honest, it was bad Bakuna again last night. You know, he, he has his good games, he's absolutely brilliant, but when he's bad he, he really struggles. And he he was he was actively, I thought, quite bad last night. But you know, he wasn't the only one. There no. everybody was giving the ball away. It was like they were taking turns to do it at some points. But then at two nil down, you know, the game's gone and you just two nil down away from home from two sort of like they weren't even real well, it was, two, punches, it was you know, two corners, wasn't it? And you know, it's, yeah. it's it's one for each side, and it's town making it as in one at each end, and yeah. and it's town making basic errors that have basically just led to goals. Yeah, this is it. They're not, you know, it's not like Derby. Like, were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not going all out, desperately trying to push for that equaliser, and they get caught on the counter, and you go, do you know what? Fair enough. That's going to happen. It's far better to, you know, in my in my opinion, anyway. Why die asking the question? You may, you may as well, you know, you may and, as well go for it. And that's what I mean. And that's what Gorbrand said after the game as well. And I, I mean, it was we talk about them, you know, retreating. And and I talked about, you know, after the break, they they pushed the wing backs higher and the centre backs into the final third. But that lasted for about five or ten minutes, and then they just stopped yeah. doing it again. And yeah. and you know, I think that is on the players because they were clearly given that yeah. instruction at, at half time and didn't follow it. But what I think is on Corbrand is when they did start dro- dropping deep. He should have changed it. I mean, that that back three played the full 90 minutes. And maybe if it had stayed, to be honest, I kind of get the sense that after it went 2-0, he was like, right, let's just rest the legs for Saturday. Because the substitutions he made, he was taking off sort of key players. And he was, you know, he was putting on Jaden Brown and Scott High and Silver Thomas. But... I think he. I think I wonder if whether it had stayed one nil, whether he would have brought on, taken off one of the defenders, and put on Sorba Thomas, put on Isaac and Benza a bit. You know, for well, I guess he couldn't really have put him on for any longer, but because um, he put him on just after the goal. But you know, whether whether he would have done something different and taken off a, a centre back, and and because you tweeted Dave, and if you go on at David Hardrick on Twitter, you can see the picture of it. Derby just weren't, as you talked about, weren't a pressure on the town back three they were quite happy to let town just pass it between themselves at the back they weren't you know putting pressure on in the final third so why do you need three defenders there the central midfielders get then get suckered into it so they're coming back to receive the ball with a back to goal and that's where derby are pressing so all that's happening to your out ball there is it's going to a midfielder and it's coming straight back because that's where the press is and the defender then has the choice of that hasn't worked so i'm basically going to have to pump it long and and it's it's not working and those are the areas where you think well you've got to change it you know Edmondson first half by the time he's won his second header unchallenged in the box you've got to do something about it you've got to react he wins a third after that it's these are the things that I think 
you have to you have to question Corbin on, but I think you also have to question the players because there has to be an element of self management as well. You know, you you have yeah, to yeah. be aware of where the danger is and sniff the danger out yourself. You can't constantly be led to the water to have a drink. So I think at the moment there's there's a bit of blame on both sides, and it it's it's worrying to me that you can you can beat Swansea four one and. As I said, I I have my doubts as as to whether that was sort of a stellar performance or a four one performance. If I'm brutally honest, I don't think it was a four one. But how you, <laughs> no, but how you you can come with that result, shall we say, behind you, and then be. Well, I mean, I don't like saying the word, but I I think they were just completely insipid after after that Campbell chance. They just they just lacked a bit of anything. You know, I I felt yeah. really felt for Phillips second half because it just I mean, what was he supposed to do? He was completely starved of any sort of service. You know, there's you can't you can't you can't blame Campbell first half because he was the same. He had one chance, and after that, absolutely nothing absolutely nothing and that's where I'm back to the worries all the things I said last season when we had Danny Cowley here about the creativity getting players on in the final third creating those spaces I just feel like we're back here and yeah town do it in a different way but you know it's it's the same it's the same problems with creativity and with being a goal threat and as soon as town go one nil down you I'm not saying you necessarily assume the game's over but it feels like an uphill task. As soon as they go 2-0 down, you can start writing your match report, can't you, Steve? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And indeed I did. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is the funny thing, is you talk about playing on the front foot and, you know, the, you bring Corbran in to play an attacking style and bring goals. And, you know, even if that means you can concede a few more, at least you're going for it, it's entertaining, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking at the records now. After 32 games, Carlos Gorbran's Huddersfield Town have scored two fewer goals than Danny Cowley's Huddersfield Town and and conceded two fewer as well. So, weirdly, they've actually ended up being slightly better defensively and slightly worse in an attacking sense. And I think... I, but I think with I think with Cowley's Town at this point, they the difference was they'd had three absolute batterings which had cost them their goal difference they'd had Bristol they'd had Preston and they'd had Stoke hadn't they and we were highly critical of all three um but those three had sort of massively apart from that like when we when they went on that run before Elphick got injured defensively they'd looked really really good Mm -hmm. hadn't they with with Schindler and Elphick there um my mate Tommy (laughs) Um, but I think the it's what I've said before at the moment with Corbyn's Town is that it's I I don't think they're a million miles away. But the problem is when you're just a little bit away, but it's in every single area. Mm. That's adds up to a big issue rather than a series of minor ones. And defensively, they're frail. And I don't think I I I think it's an issue of organisation more than anything else. If I'm brutally honest. I think midfield, they haven't got enough and they still haven't found the right mix for what Corbin wants from his midfield. I still feel like he doesn't know exactly what he wants from his three in the, yeah, in the centre. And attacking-wise, they're just not assertive enough. They're, they're way too passive and it's not about pressing high. It, it's about taking risks and, and being creative and you can't just lump that on the fact that Josh Caroma got injured. You know, that you, you have to have a bit a bit more than that in the locker you have to have something else in the tank I think with with the Cowleys you would say well they had Carl and Grant they had Steve Mounier so of course they were going to get more, more goals I think there's something in that but I think they also the Cowleys set up to exploit to create to make the opposition make errors basically to make them make mistakes and just exploit them and that is not always fun to watch because it does turn every game into to use a cliche a bit of a chess match um but there's nothing wrong with doing that like you can play an uh, an attacking style that is possession based and you know passing based and all about posing the opposition problems and still do the bit where you're asking the the opposition to you know to make a mistake and i just don't think town are 
asking the opposition any question or, or trying to force them to make errors at the moment. Um, you know, they, they they lose the ball and then it's just like, okay, do do what you will with it. You know, they were meant to, we were supposed to have this high-pressing style, I, I thought, when we came into this season. And again, we had it for a bit and it just seems to have disappeared again. I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure entirely what, what the point I'm making is, but... I think there's... But I think that's reflective of what I said, Steve. The reason I think you're not entirely sure what point you're making is because every single area needs yeah. tinkering. So it's difficult to sit here and say, well, all they've got to do is score more goals because it's it's just not as simple as that. There, there's still sort of fundamental issues that they need to solve and need to sort. It's not just as simple as, well, the defence just needs to be a lot better because there's still the issue of creativity up top. It's, As I said, the frustration comes from the fact they are not a million miles away, but they're just not there in any... They, they've not solved any single problem at the moment so mm. it, it's it's just eternal questions <laughs> yeah and then you've got the goalkeeper and I think it's worth having a, a little chat about Schofield because I have an opinion that's probably contrary to quite a few others if I'm honest but what's your take on Schofield I've wrote, written a bit about Ryan Schofield today and I think he's a really good shot stopper I think we saw that against Watford um the not the second game against Watford we'll, we'll not talk about him in that game no we will talk about Matt in that game but the the home game against Watford the the 2-0 win uh he was brilliant in that game I think that was maybe the best performance individual performance we've seen from any one town player this season um but he has made mistakes you would expect expect him to make mistakes at his age and his experience level and the away game against Watford obviously made a, a massive howler and I don't think he's even come close to repeat in that sense which is encouraging because it shows he, he learned from it and we talked about that at the time and the fact that he you know he'd made that classic goalkeeping error of the striker waiting behind you after you roll the ball out uh, when it was at Notts County and then after that learnt to to do the spin um, before he he, uh, he rolls the ball out at his own feet again and I think we are generally seeing him learn from errors except when it comes to high balls into the box and I think that is not something where it's like ah okay I won't do that again I think that is a reading of the game thing I think it's a decision making thing I think it's a, a bravery thing to be honest and he looks very uncertain with those high balls into the box you know just before the the first derby goal he almost got beaten directly from a corner um, and, and it was only because Naby Sarr cleared it off the line that that didn't end end up going straight into the net from straight from the corner ball and that's not a great look for a goalkeeper he, he got away with one big time against Middlesbrough as well uh, from I think it was from a set piece and yeah. he was completely lost at sea and the offside flag mercifully went up um, or possibly it was a foul that was given against the attacker either way and and he was let off the hook for that with you know because of, of of that offside. But he made a complete hash of reading the ball. He and he wasn't to know that the, that the attacker was offside. So it's not like he was banking on that. So I think there is a a big problem there. And my worry about it is he's got away with it so far, more or less. Obviously, that derby goal wouldn't have happened if he hadn't, you know, if he'd come and claimed it as he should have done. But I think he has got away with other ones. I think the worry now is. You know, if you and I went on my scout, it would take us about 40 seconds to go, ah, he doesn't like high balls being delivered into the penalty area. So, yeah, I, I think that is a worry, and it, it does concern me that teams might target him every single set piece now. And, they, and they, they already are. From it. Yeah. They already are. The, the first goal, the, the corner comes in, and uh, I forget who was on him. It may, may have been Wisdom. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But if you look, the corners, they've literally got somebody on him. Um, and he he is you can see he's panicking and on the corner one of the reasons he leaves it is because there's a town defender behind him but he can't have got a call because he can feel them but he doesn't know who it is and he can see the derby player who's on front in front of him and he basically just gets rooted to his spot because he realizes he can't go anywhere he doesn't know who's behind him so he's worried he's panicking that somebody's wide open and he just ends up caught between two stalls but I think the problem is that you've got a young goalkeeper here and the only way young goalkeepers get better is A, playing games, B, making mistakes and C, having the confidence to, to keep going. And 
he's quite he's he seems to be sort of externally quite a confident young man except in certain situations and I think that's a good thing and I think he can come through it but Town have sort of got to play him through it because he can't like a couple of people said I'll oh, just send him out on loan and let him make the mistakes there but the problem is it doesn't always work like that because when you come in and it's a different defence and a higher level all those sort of fears can return so the problem is I think for Schofield at the moment is he's not really getting any help from his defenders you know he's he's like the second goal there's nothing he can do on the second goal a, a lot of people were saying well it just went straight through him but Wagon's had a clear run on goal has had time to pick his spot Schofield comes out he does the right thing narrows the angle and the ball just gets absolutely leathered past him. That's just a, <laughs> that's just football. That's what happens. The the first goal, yeah, he gets caught on the corner and he panics. But when the when the actual goal goes in, it, like Edmondson's literally run between Saar and O'Brien for a free header, and not only that, he's carrying all the momentum because he's just had, he's just been allowed an eight-yard straight run to come onto it and nod it in. Thank you very much. So I don't think you can just say well it's all on all on Schofield. One of the reasons he doesn't like high balls coming into the box is because it, they're not getting dealt with. <laughs> mm. He's it's it's always leading to pressure situations and there's always a chance of a goal and he's got to play his way through it but he's got to have a little bit of help from his defenders there as well you know they've they've got to (laughs) they've got to be a bit more alert and a bit more aware and you know someone like Richard Keogh needs to help him one of the reasons they signed Richard Keogh supposedly was because he was really really experienced and he was going to bring something different and he was going to help organize it well he needs to be helping Schofield at this point and yeah. I just I just don't I think Schofield's a very, very good prospect. I think there are a lot of areas of his game he's got to work on and I think he just needs a bit of patience. But I think you've got to look at the wider aspects of it and say, yeah, he may make mistakes, but he's making mistakes because of the, the amount of pressure situations he's getting put in. Like yeah. you said, he makes the Watford mistake. He's not done that since. And he, you can see where he's learned from that, Steve, because I would argue now he's incredibly safety first in those situations. Yeah, very much so. Incredibly proactive to the point where I've seen his manager tell him off a few times for his distribution because he's thought no I'm getting rid here I'm not having that situation again so I think he's a, he's a capable goalkeeper I think the shot stopping is like you say is is excellent and has been since his debut Steve mm-hmm. you know since his debut and everyone was excited but he needs a bit of help and he needs a bit of patience and maybe bringing Lutweiler in for a couple of games wouldn't be the worst thing in the world but I think you have to bring him in on the sort of understanding that he's getting a couple of games and then Schofield's going to get a run again because otherwise you just you do dent his confidence at that point yeah and I don't think Lutweiler has a particularly particularly has a reputation for being amazing on crosses himself so I'm not sure it particularly solves that problem I I think they were I think the decision to bring Schofield in when they did was absolutely right and I think was you know because obviously Hamer got that injury and Schofield came in and took that shirt and no one was complaining about Schofield taking that shirt at all uh people were sort of upset about the message it sent that Hamer was allowed to leave but I don't think anyone again was like oh he's miles better than Schofield why have they done that um I think the difficulty they've got now is that when they made that decision to go with Schofield and sort of let him train, you know, become the number one and and build that experience up, I think they expected that they were going to have a safe mid-table season. And if he made errors, then, you know, people would roll their eyes, but no one would particularly you know uh leather him for it because you know who cares it's mid-table it happens he's learning he's a young keeper the problem he's got now is that any mistakes he makes and we've already seen it social media and fans are gonna absolutely slaughter him for it because the stakes are too high for to 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 allow those errors and we know that that the margins can be very fine when you're in a relegation battle like this so i do feel for him because it's not a situation of his making um and I think it's not, and I feel for the club a bit because it's not the situation that they expected him to be in um, when when they sort of made him the number one. But it is what it is now, and and 
as you say, all they can do is try and help him as, as best they can by getting the, the defenders to get it right and stopping, stop putting themselves in these situations where he has to deal with those issues. Yeah, and you look at, there's a very, very, I mean, you, you I quickly read your conclusions before we uh, started this and you're exactly right. There's some really, really good goalkeepers who have had to go through this spell and have had to, to learn from it and come out the other side from David De Gea to David James and other goalkeepers not called David, as you said in your piece. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I I think you've just got to have a little bit more patience with Schofield and I think you've just got to understand that it, it's it's not all the problems <laughs> it's the same old thing with a goalkeeper if a goalkeeper make a mistake it often leads to a goal defender makes a mistake they often get away with it so i just think I, i'd rather have i'd rather have schofield there for his shot stopping than joel Pereira there who we saw earlier in the season really does look like a man completely bereft of confidence in any area put it that way yeah he and it's also worth saying that if you actually look at the goals against per game uh, or per 90 minutes Schofield isn't too far behind um, Ben Hamer it's like 0.1 of a goal per 90 minutes um, so and it's also worth bearing in mind that Hamer was playing with sort of Schindler Stearman um, you know before the injury crisis with the defenders whereas Schofield is obviously you know with the best will in the world I'm not sure Richard Keogh would start if all the centre-backs were fit so yeah it uh, it is what it is I think, as we've t- sort of touched on, that the difficulty they've got now is that those three games that are coming up are... You've got three games coming up against Preston, Birmingham and Cardiff, and they're going to do exactly the same things. And as I put in the conclusions, I almost feel like Corbran could just almost... And he'd get slaughtered for it if it backfired, but just go a bit crazy against Preston. Just be experimental, because if they continue doing what they've been doing all season against teams like this, then we know they're going to lose or maybe get a draw at best. So why not just do something out of the ordinary, do something that is uncharacteristic or, you know, give Sorba Thomas a chance, even if you think he's not ready, just give him a go and see what he can do. Mm. Because, you know, we've seen that players take that opportunity, you know, Aaron Rowe being the the most obvious recent example. Um, Why not try something just a bit different? And even if you end up getting sort of pumped, Four two five two off the back of it. At least you've learned how to do the two, <laughs> yeah. and and you can take that into the next two games and and you know learn how have have be richer for the experience of having tried something different. Yeah, I I think I think you're exactly right. I think I think in a roundabout what way what you're saying is just don't play into the opposition analyst's hands, which yeah. is <laughs> exactly what I I feel like. We've been very down on town here and I feel like we should actually say that I think Rooney surprised me last night because tactically both halves I thought he got it absolutely spot on and I thought the changes he made were really good as well because it nullified any positivity town had but that's homework <laughs> you know that he wasn't doing something radically different he didn't come up with like a sort of master plan to beat town it's just that the weaknesses had been identified and Derby played to those weaknesses and got their rewards and I think you're exactly right I I would try something I'd, I'd roll the dice in at least one of those games if you don't want to do it if you don't want to do it away at Preston and I get that because you know Preston are a they're a tough physical side they're a they're a decent challenge I get that but it's it's got to be worth rolling the dice in one of the other games you know give start Phillips start Phillips yeah. give give you know the, well they might have to the, if Fraser Campbell's injured he went off at half time with an abdominal issue yeah well but I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world just it, it's that thing I've said a few times on this podcast Steve just ask a different question yeah you know see if you get a different answer let's let's have a look and I think I think Sorber Thomas looks quite bright and he looks very very eager and he's he's noticeably I don't know if you've watched them warming up Steve but he's noticeably quite a sort of character you know oh yeah yeah that comes across yeah he's pretty vocal and he's he's good on the wind up but he's also so very when you see him he's he, like physically he's pretty imposing as well he's not like a sort of early 20s slip of a lad who needs to put a bit on he he's built he's tall and he's ready so yeah you know why don't you you give him a run and ask a different question but you they've got to do something because if not i mean if if me and you are doing a podcast in two weeks and they've lost 
to Birmingham and they've lost to Preston, they've lost to Cardiff, they could be in a really, I mean, it could be a terrible position. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. They've got to do something. I think the Birmingham game especially, like if they're they're only going to win one of the three, then the Birmingham game is the one to do it because they're the immediate rival in the relegation zone. You know, it it really is a a six-pointer. So, yeah. And and we know that Birmingham, also we know that Birmingham are in awful form at the moment. Um, Right. Whereas Cardiff just can't stop winning under Mick McCarthy, so yeah. Yeah. The the thing about that Birmingham game is they've they got to be proactive. They've got they have to set the tempo. They have to be assertive in the game. They if, if Birmingham are going to play in a low block, fine. But you you've got to be pushing and probing constantly. You've got to be looking for the space. You've got to be adjusting people. You've got to be swapping your wingers. You got to be telling your striker to drop a little bit deeper for ten, and then players a nine. You you've got to keep keep going, and it's got to be about town, not Birmingham. And that's that's the that's their biggest issue at the moment, as you said. It's it's all about the opposition at the moment they've got to overcome that I think it's a mental thing as well as a physical thing Steve mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a bit of a I don't, I don't wouldn't go as far as to say it's an inferiority complex but it is it's definitely an issue while we've been recording I have received news that Yaya Sonogo has signed for Dusseld Town so that'll be out there by the time we release this podcast what do you know about him Dave and uh, and what do you think he's going to bring to the club <sighs> I, I obviously we've known about a link to Snogo for a while, so we've done a we've both done a little bit of research, haven't we? To be fair, he's not like anything they've got at the club, which I think is a good thing. You know, it's not they've got and got a Campbell clone or anything. I think he's he's a bit more physical, might offer a different way to to try and score. He's never really found his level, which I think is the interesting thing because it, he the championship. Feels like if he gets a good run, he could be a, a pretty decent level championship striker. But it's all a bit of an unknown. What's your take? Yeah, I've done a bit of. I've been through the stats. I've watched a few clips. Um, he's obviously he's six foot three, and he's played for Arsenal. He's you know he was part of the French under twenty side with Paul Pogba and you know and and other players that have gone on to to win the World Cup with France at senior level. And he was really highly rated as as a big prospect for France and he was meant to be the one actually out of that him and Pogba out of that mm-hmm. generation of, of players and he had a, a serious injury similar kind of story to Kieran Phillips that that cost him sort of 18 months of his development in his teenage years and he basically spent the next five years trying to and that happened you know that was right after he signed for Arsenal and he basically spent the next five years just trying to prove that he could stay fit um he's been at Toulouse for the last three years he's done all right for them not amazing um by his own admission he says his stats aren't amazing for them but he also says they're not disgustingly bad slight assist to google translate there because this is a, an interview with uh with uh with france football that's that's been translated but that was the quote um i've looked at his numbers and they if you look at sort of minutes per shot shot accuracy minutes per shot on target he is pretty much bang on the money with Steve Mounier and yeah. that is that is both Steve Mounier this season and Steve Mounier last season uh, Mounier's mm. stat numbers haven't changed between him playing for town in the championship and him playing for Brest in, in uh, French uh, mid-table stop sniggering and um, that I mean, it's one player, so it's not the best sample, but that suggests that at least is some suggestion that the level, other than sort of the top three in France, the level between the French top flight and the English championship probably isn't massively dissimilar. Yeah, I don't think top end championship is is miles away from most of league and to be honest with you. Yeah. So and he's 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 quite have you have you watched some clips? Yeah, I have. Well, I was just just finally on that his minutes per goal, he's he's behind sort of Caroma and Mounier, but he's ahead of of Campbell yeah. on on minutes per goal. Um but yeah, I have watched a few clips. He he likes uh my sort of my, my almost a worry I suppose it depends what they do with him but is is he does he's not entirely selfish he's he's not a you know 
Steve Munier was there to score goals kind of thing and that was the first thing on his mind. He will look to bring other players in into play and I think yeah. that, that probably fits better into the Corbrand system to be fair. Um, but I do worry a little bit about whether Town actually do just need someone who is going to be selfish and look for shots. <laughs> Yeah, he. I think he's better on the ball than Mounier. You know, he's. Oh yeah, he's, definitely. He's he's got a very very good uh, first touch. He's got a good touch for a big man, Steve. <laughs> uh, but no, he has. He's got a very very good touch, and he is a good finisher. But yeah, that's my slight concern with it because if if Josh Caroma was fit and playing at his best, you would think uh, absolutely brilliant. You know, because it, it, he's a big physical presence, and I know Fraser Campbell does a lot of good things, and you. you are a, a big proponent of the good things that Fraser Campbell does, but he's not a he's not brilliant with his back to goal, trying to bring people in. He he does well, you know. And he, he, Campbell against Swansea, I thought I thought he was brilliant actually, and I said that to you a mm-hmm. couple of times during the game. I thought he was I thought it was brilliant. I thought like it was goal and assist, and pre-assist, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was arguably his his best game in a town shirt. Um, but. Yeah, Sonogo is very, very different. Offers something different, and that I, I think that that gives me some hope that they are, they have at least formulated a plan B, another, another way to do things. And I think I look at Sonogo and I think, do you know what? I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in a two with you know a Phillips yes. who is a really bright, that... quick running, fast striker who wants to play facing goal. I, I you know I can see a world where that works quite well, but he's going to need a little bit of football to get up to speed first, obviously. I think it's really interesting the players that were linked to town. The reason I mentioned that Snogo's six foot three is because that was the kind of profile that town were looking at on mm. deadline day. You know when you talk about Jukko hits and Lee Gregory and Adebayo uh, yeah and Adebayo you know they all they all are sort of Steve Mooney types I think it's interesting that that Corbran was after that um I think I mean Leeds always liked having sort of a, a, a finisher who was just there to be a finisher didn't they and you know they've mm. got that in Patrick Bamford so yeah yeah I but I think the most pressing need for town striker wise is is a plan b um and it, it's I, I think I think Sonogo is is worth the risk if I'm honest I, I assume I don't know any details about it is it a deal to the end of the season or it 18 is. months or? yeah yeah so uh, to, to the end worth, of the season it's worth the risk particularly with a striker till the end of the season because they've got to earn their you know if they want a contract for next season never mind at town anywhere else this is their shop window this is their chance to shine um, so it's it's always worth having a go and yeah I, I can't really see a downside to it because if it doesn't work then you just say at the end of the season okay well we've tried see you later thanks very much <laughs> if it works you're arguably three or four points better off than you would have been without so there's no real downside to at least trying is there no there's not no i quite agree do you have anything else to, to add dave uh no not at all Lovely. i think we've talked quite enough yeah i think we we're a bit worried that this was going to end up being a four-hour podcast or something but um yeah, and all get... a bit depressing. Yeah, so apologies for that. As I say, unfortunately, we didn't get to go too much into the, the Swansea game, but it is what it is um, because I think the, the more pertinent thing is what they did against Derby given the, the opponents they've got coming up next. I think if they were playing Bournemouth next, say, then, then maybe we would have focused more on Swansea, but yeah, we are where we are with it. Thank you for listening as ever. David, you're at David Hartrick on Twitter, aren't you? I am indeed. And you are at Stephen Chicken, aren't you? I am. I am. Uh, so, yeah, join us on examinerlive.co.uk for all your updates as ever. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. See you there.